This is On Tap with Bill Clark. What is On Tap? I've had some of the best conversations over a pint of ale, a glass of Pilsner, or a bottle of brew. Conversations over a beer will include sports, family, work, hobbies, and the weather. But we won't stop there. We'll dive into what inspires us and what drives us as humans. I will invite some of my friends, coworkers, mentors, and community leaders to share some of their wisdom, advice, and of course, some of their favorite beverages. We pray our conversation blesses you and helps you find joy in this journey of life. Cheers. Welcome to On Tap with your host, Bill Clark. Welcome to On Tap. This is Bill Clark. Today I have a very, very good friend, Dan Petrock. That's P E T R A K. Petrock, like the rock, right? <laughs> very well. You, you're like the only guy that knows how to pronounce that. That's all. Awesome. Well, that's, well, that's because you had Bruce Petrock, right? Yes. Well, you're your math you, teacher. Your, your uncle was my math teacher in high school, back in Boone High School. And, I, and he's in heaven now. Is he? He's a great, he was a great yep. guy. He's a great teacher. Awesome guy. My favorite uncle. But I, I've had enough um, conferences and classes and whatever else and what, and hearing you say it's Petrock, not Petrack. <laughs> uh, Bill, we've been friends for how many years now? It's about 98-ish? Um, 99-ish? It has to be because Sydney was born in 2000 and we were in yeah. couples club before that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, far from even thinking about, and anyone else thinking about us being pastors. Yeah, well, some people. I, was, I wasn't going to get, I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, I was in a bad way back then, I think. If God, let's put it that way. So, so some people probably still question and hopefully pray for us every night. So, <laughs> well, I consider you a good friend too, Bill, and you and I have shared so many awesome experiences. Um, we're different guys, but we have a common faith and brothers in Christ that makes it awesome. We're, I don't know. We just, I could not talk to you for six months or every day and we're still, uh, we're right where we were. So I yep. love that. Yep. We served in the f- yeah, mission trips. We've been through classes at seminary. We've I told that kid to elbow you in El Salvador. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I saw you, I go, Hey, just give him a little, give him a little body. <laughs> Thinking about cracked rib, we had to dig trenches the whole. Week. <laughs> yeah, so I slept with a cracked rib the rest of the week, and I was, you know, in El Salvador. But that's, but it was your birthday, and we got you a machete and a pinata. That was a blast. <laughs> yes, because in El Salvador, you should always swing at a machete or swing at a pinata with a machete. Yes, but after was, some it, El Presidentes. Was it El? Pre- no, it was. Um, uh, I, Imperial I, was that Imperial was that? Imperial yeah. yes <laughs> yeah that that the nun, we stayed at a Catholic retreat and the nuns let us keep it in the refrigerator that was very sweet of them That's so good Dan, memories. yeah well we could go on and on about memories and people would be like okay whatever right <laughs> it's cute um, so 
the, the premise of on tap was, you know, you know, I've had some great conversations over beers with friends and we've certainly have had many conversations. We've studied uh, for interest exams over beers. We've uh, done homework over beers. I mean, you name it. So it's just, I like to capture some of those conversations and, you know, we have a few questions that we'll ask you, but uh, first have you um, uh, uh, tell us what you are drinking tonight. Drinking? I know, yeah, I know it's, an IPA of some kind. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know what? I was just in Mexico for my 25th anniversary trip with my wife and I didn't have an IPA the whole week. So I proved myself, I don't have to drink it. Now it wasn't as good, but I I did it. So, but no, tonight I am drinking one. It's my last one. Very good memory. It's from Bonfire Brewing in uh, Eagle, Colorado. My wife and I played golf there. And then afterwards we were, we were driving by the brewery. They had bonfires going. It was outside. They had live music. And I loved this beer. And I'm going to show you a can. And I, what do you think that stands for? <laughs> okay. So it's capital W, small T, large F, large O. So I'm just like guessing what this thing. It's a double IPA. It's wonderful. I kind of like the mosaic or citra hop. It's, it's, it's a great beer. So I go in to order this at this bar. I'm like, Hey, I love your, uh, what the foe beer. <laughs> and he starts <laughs> laughing at me. It ends up being the brewmaster. I'm talking to the guy who brews the beer and he starts chuckling at me. I'm like, what does this even stand for? He goes, you know, in Colorado, when you go camping off the grid, you're way the F out. That's ah. what it stands for. You're way the F out. Way the far so, out. You know, way the far out. Yes, way the far out. And so I said, you know what? You make a wonderful beer and you should keep doing this the rest of your life. So, uh, yeah. Sure. And then, yeah, so that's my beer. So just just to uh, be your antithesis this evening, I, I'm drinking a beer Malty? from Colorado. I'm drinking a beer from Colorado also. Oh. Coors Light. What is Coors Light. Oh my, that's like water. <laughs> but it's still, it's Colorado. And we got peak challenge, hopefully this summer, right? Yeah. Well, I needed to hydrate a little bit, keep my water content up. And it's, it's, it's still a good beer. I think hey, I could actually drink one now. It's, the, so, it's, it's in a, it's in a bottle. So it tastes m- much better. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've gotten to be a beer snob and I'm not super proud of that, but well, I'm old, so there I am. Well, you, you've definitely worn off on me because I used to not like IPAs and then go over to Dan's. He's like, oh, try this. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. And then I found... Uh, not a good influence, Bill. Yeah, then we found Toppling Goliath, and I was like, that is oh, really, that that is is, really good. Yeah, they have some of the best IP in the world. I think nope. they have the best IP in the world, actually. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some really good stuff out there. And, and then go bike. Right Colorado there. has nothing on Decora. I'm telling you, I've, yeah. I've tried probably 30 or 40 or 50 different beers from Colorado. Topping still better. Yeah, yeah, I would concur. It's good stuff. So Dan teaches at DMAC. He's a math teacher, just like his uncle Bruce. And uh, also as a pastor at Living Faith out in Clive. What else you want to share about yourself, Dan? Uh, 25 years of marriage with my wife. She's awesome. Um, she puts up with me. She keeps me uh, light and fun. I appreciate, even though she's a CPA, which seems like counterintuitive that a CPA could be light and fun, but 
you know my wife. She is, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> and my oldest just got dropped off at college at Iowa State, up a uh, computer engineering major, Beta Sigma Psi, living in the frat. He's not, like I had to say in the sermon today, I had to realize he's, he's really not my son. He's God's son. And uh, I got to let him go. And uh, but he's ready. He's he's a good, good young man. Man, peak challenge. I was thinking a lot about that this week when we did that. I did that. You know, some people might say it's corny, but whatever. I did that manhood ceremony for him. Mm-hmm. And that was when he was six, just turning 16. And I'm like, that three years went quick. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad I did it. But he's he's well equipped and very proud of him. And, and then uh, Kalen's a junior and Jensen's a eighth grader. They're both heavy into basketball right now. And they're awesome. So, um, but they still have to put up with mom and dad and COVID and all that stuff. So, yeah. So it's, I wear, two, I wear a lot of hats. I love teaching. I love uh, being a math professor, but I also love being a pastor and that dual, was it bivocational? Is that what they, mm-hmm. that is what they call me? So, um, yeah. So I, I just also, gotta be who I am. <laughs> I also love that you like to learn because you've helped me in several seminary classes. <laughs> Aren't I the guy who just interrupts the professor with a really uh, whatever question so everybody else doesn't have to like deal with them? Isn't that my job to run right. interference? It, I'm not saying that you help that you pass my classes for me, but there were times no. we get done with, we get done with class and I'm like, "You're smart." What's he though. talking about? What's he talking about, Petrock? I don't get it. <laughs> right? I've had to teach things that are really hard to understand. And I struggle with them myself. So I think that makes me actually a better teacher that I, I've had to like struggle pretty much through everything. Um, so it helps me empathize with the learner and break it down and try to explain it in a different way. But it's hard. Teaching is hard. Um, if you care anyway, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I've been teaching online for years. Pandemic didn't really change my life too much. Uh, but like I've been, I have my students like call me a lot. Just get, it's been, it's just so good. To, more people than ever actually call me this semester. I think they're just dying to know there's a real human that they can <laughs> talk to about this stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's been amazing. I got some really awesome students. I'm like, man, these are interesting, cool people. They want to learn. Gives you hope in the next generation. Uh, tons of Christians too. I mean, they're just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's great. It, it's nice to work with young people that are optimistic, smart, hopeful, driven, um, just good people. It, I think sometimes if you're if you're detached from that, like the, that part of, I think people get a, a lost sense of the culture and humanity. So I have the privilege to work with some excellent students. So that's that's a blessing. Yeah, I was I was telling somebody the other day that you know online stuff is fine, like class and, you know, watching church services online and different things and meetings, but uh, we're pack animals. We're meant to, we're meant to be in, pa- to, to be in fellowship. Incarnational. We're supposed to be right. incarnational, like Jesus. Yeah. And I, he's I, not I miss some a, floaty thing that just showed up once, you know, he's real, right. tangible, resurrection, I, real. <laughs> I missed my, I missed my packs, you know, running around in my different, you know, seeing different friends and, you know, it's just not the same. So I, I said in the sermon. You and I had a long conversation before this, so now I'm switching to Elephant Rock IPA from Pikes Peak Brewing, which is another very good Colorado IPA. Duly noted. Duly noted, Pikes Peak. And I also said a couple of weeks ago, I pitched hit for a sermon. Pastor had COVID. I, I just feel like you know. I think a lot of people too think it's like how many people 
here think like your life's just on pause, right? We're, we're waiting for the next hurdle to be cleared. We're waiting for the vaccine. We're waiting for trends to go down. You know, first it was flattening the curve. And it's like, when can my life go back to what it was before March? What was that, 15th last year? You know? Mm-hmm. So I just think a lot yeah. of people, and, and there's a lot of people that's been alone. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that are um, by themselves and, you know, yeah. When that when that voice in your head starts knocking around pretty hard, it'll it'll convince you some pretty bad things sometimes, you know. Well, I got COVID in November, and once I recovered, um, one of the best thing I, I don't think people who have had it will understand this, but people who haven't had it won't. There, you don't understand. There's this. You're still social distancing. You're still wearing masks and everything, but there's this little weight that's lifted to say, okay. I, I, I survived it. I got immunity. Now I've got some antibodies. Um, and I used the opportunity to go visit our shut-ins at our church. So mm-hmm. I pretty much found everybody that hadn't been going to service and just contacted them and tried to go out and, and, you know, some of these people hadn't had anybody in their house for months. And uh, it's been a joy uh, to this super faithful people just rock. I mean, there's awesome. So fun to just pray with them, give them communion, talk to them. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do a second round here before my three month window is up, but uh, that's probably when the silver lining of COVID getting COVID for me has been the ability to go visit people in their homes, which I think everybody on the planet is jealous and they should be jealous of me for even saying that I got to go visit people because uh, I got really high antibody count and I uh, I'm really kind of, it's really, I mean, I suppose there's a super slim prob- probability, uh, but it was, it's so nice seeing these people that have been isolated for months. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Well, we're going to shift gears a little bit here. Um, All right. So, so one of the questions I sent you is you got to name three people <laughs> you'd like to have a beer with and they have to be alive and they can't be Jesus. Now the last yeah, guy been... had on, he had three different groups of, he had, he had a group of three people that were famous, three people that he hadn't seen in a while. And what was the other three oh, wow. people that he really admired or something like that? So no pressure. Well, I, I, I'm glad you sent me that. And I've listened to your podcast enough to think about it. I actually asked Luke Tim this question too. So we had a very good conversation just talking about this. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not big on those kind of things, but uh, I did watch a podcast this week or an interview this week that two of the people were on. I thought that I would like Jordan Peterson, psychologist, clinical psychologist from Canada, who seems to be a, uh, a very clear thinker and articulator of it. Um, in his interview with Matthew McConaughey, I, I would like that. Those are two guys. I just like to, I just, I would like to drink a beer and talk to those guys. And then, uh, you know, probably another guy that's similar. Yeah, there he is. There it is. Green. What's it called? Green lights. It's, it's but a super, okay. I read it. I read it like in two days, three days. All right. Did you hear his process on how he made that book? Yeah. Does it describe that? Okay. That's yeah. pretty cool. You know, what I, you know what the best thing about his story, about how he made that book? His wife essentially just kicked his butt out of the house and said, go in the freaking desert, unplug your phone, and you come back when you got something. Yeah. I don't know who his wife is. I don't even know what she looks like or nothing. But I'm like, that's an amazing woman right there. Who's like, this guy has got this repertoire. He's got the stacks and stacks of journals that need to be sorted and classified. Since he did a quality 
from a stats guy. He did a he did a qualitative analysis is really what he did of all of his journals and went through that vetting process to make that book. But I thought that's impressive. And it wasn't a celebrity book, it sounds like. Is that true? Right. Like I mean, that. there's actual pages in the book that are just like photocopies of his notes. Yeah. He said he had prayers and poems and stuff yeah. in there. And, See? Yeah. Yeah, That's it's awesome. just like okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm because you I know there's lots of that. there's lots of stories in there that that in his journals that didn't make it in this book. Mm-mm. Yeah, but the idea of who's the real self, what self do you portray to others? How do you shield against that? How do you stay real to who you are? And this identity thing that everybody struggles with. I think I don't know where he's at with Jesus. It seemed I couldn't tell from his interview. But he you talks tell, about faith in his book. He's actually got a favorite verse that he quotes okay. in, the, in his book and, and, and yeah. talks about. So I, I think, I think he articulates a similar uh, Western dilemma because we have this false perception we're in control and that we're in, in charge of our domain and uh, we are utterly dependent upon God and for just breathing and coming to that realization is a really healthy thing. I think for everybody, as Lutherans, bring this up about every Sunday in confession, absolution, no way. So, uh, mm-hmm. for sure, but no. And then Elon Musk would be my third, I think just cause Ooh. he's got an interesting, uh, impact on culture right now, but his background, my son did an, uh, you know, like a, whatever living history thing on him. And I learned more about him and he's from South Africa and that immigrant. I didn't, uh, Silicon Valley, like I want to say like 20% of those companies are founded by immigrants. And that's wow. been the case pretty much for it. I mean, because why? Well, because you got this really awesome idea. And where do you go to make that idea become a reality? There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do it. So those are my three. And I, I'm sure there's better people, but uh, that's who I'm interested in at the moment. So, <laughs> you yeah. know me, I got a little all adult ADD. I can <laughs> go I can yeah, it'd be like, oh, that person would be cool. I mean, that person yeah. would be cool, right? What, no. what about him? Oh, and then you like you see an interview, you read a book. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'm reading, I'm reading, um, I just started reading uh, The Boys in the Boat. It's about, oh, yeah, the movie's coming out. George Clooney bought the rights, it's being made. He bought it in 2018. Uh, Mark Kramer's the one who told me about yeah. that. That is okay. that, but I listen to the audiobook. That is, I love that story. It's a true story. It is. I cannot wait for the movie. Cannot wait. How far are you into it? Chapter three, like three or four. Oh, but dude, he's, he also, so, I also saw his new book coming out in May. It's called Up the Mountain. It's about uh, World War II, about fighting the Japanese, about going up a mountain. Really? Yeah. I, I, dude, that's, I remember I was listening to the Olympic race when I was jogging. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to keep running until this description of this Olympic race is over. And it was inspiring. It was like, like I don't know if I'll ever forget that experience. It's just so weird that there's timing of that. But mm-hmm. I think uh, it's it's just an everybody should should read or listen to Boys in the Boat. It's great. All right. Well, I'm I'm uh, I don't have class this week. I start back next week, so it's going to be my um released from reading anything about theology or school good job bill i learned that lesson the hard way i used to go on vacation and then i would pick up something heavy like 
C.S. Lewis problem with pain or screw tape letters and I'm on vacation or, or radical. Yeah. Green, green lights. That'd be a better, right? So I've, I learned the hard way after several years in a row of taking vacation and picking up something heavy and theological that it was just killing my vacations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've, I've sworn those off. I'm right now. I'm, I'm golfer. Every golfer should do this one. It's called uh, Harvey Penix, little red book. This guy used to be at university of Texas uh, he taught like Tom Kite and Ben Crenshaw, a bunch of guys, one of the best golf teachers in the history of golf. Excellent man. Every page, it makes me realize I don't know anything about golf or how to teach it. <laughs> so it's helping me train my, myself and my kids because, uh, I get, especially my two younger ones are really into golf. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a golfer like uncle Bruce. Yeah, well, I'm you. You've seen me golf, and yeah, <laughs> it's just fun. There's 101 things wrong with my swing. I work on one every day, <laughs> or every time I golf, which is like once a year. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so my three. Well, Matthew McConaughey is in mine because I just think he's a, after reading his book, he's just a great storyteller. I mean, he he just really, um, he 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 really. He's not just a pretty face, is he? Yeah, but then you just got to be a little bit jealous. And, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people could probably, you know, would like, I mean, the guy has lived a charmed life, right? I mean, yeah, he knows it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't, doesn't take it granted either. No. I mean, he didn't have a, his parents, I think, were divorced twice and remarried three times. Yep. Um, you know, they did in, in the 1960s, they analyzed the top like 500 what would you call the best people in the world, most successful, whatever they analyze all their backgrounds. Over a third of them had horrible childhoods. Yeah, There's something about the humans that will overcome adversity. That's what that tells us is that, you know what? I'm sure I've jacked my kids up a million ways a Sunday. Right. But God, I hope they're perseverant and can overcome whatever shortcomings I bring to the table. And so I don't know. It, it just shows the resiliency of human beings and their ability to rise above. I think. Yeah, is, well, I completely agree. Because if somebody tells me I can't do something, mm -hmm. or it might be, or it might be hard, you don't tell Bill that. <laughs> no, I, I've been called a grind. I've been called a grinder. I'll gr I'll gr I'll grind and <laughs> I'll stick my nose in there until the last. I'll be, I'll be as you know. I'll be the last man standing. So, yeah. So Matthew McConaughey's are one in common. Um, uh bono from u2 oh yeah that's a good one i heard that one that you said yeah. that. that's a good one he is a great guy and then you know i've always had the rock on there but i'm i'm feeling like maybe in these next few podcasts somebody's gonna come up that's gonna be come up that might replace the rock but you watch a lot of know. jordan peterson stuff i haven't go on youtube watch some of his stuff not the ones where people are like really hate him like his interview with matthew mcconaughey that's a good right. one. You'll, you'll see. He's a clinical psychologist, so he understands people, good and bad. See, psychology scares me. I, 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 hate, yeah, I, didn't, well, like, I didn't like psychology in college. But here I am. And, you and I, I as pastors, that's what we, we're dealing with people, dude. I know. Internally and externally. We're, that's but, what we're doing. But I had, but I had like odd professors for psychology, <laughs> you know. All right. I, my last question I gave you, it, you know, it's not meant to be hard, but it's been difficult for some people. I think it really makes them check and think about joy, about what 
what joy is? Oh, God, that's a great question. Yeah. So what gives you joy in this journey of life? Thank you for saying those questions ahead of time, by the way. No, that, that was very good. So I'm trying to think, when am I actually feeling it? For me, it's when I'm actually doing what God wants me to do. When I feel like when I, I don't know, whatever he's told me, I'm, it's really easy for, for me to do things he doesn't want me to do. I think that's kind of common. But then I'm like, true joy is when I like see a student learn or someone comforted by the gospel or uh, uh, when I do a baptism or when I uh, get to do a shut-in visit or I don't know, whenever, whenever I'm doing, when I'm serving, I think is, is really what it is. It's, I think when I'm serving is when I get my true joy, when I'm serving my family or my wife or uh, somebody that it fills my cup. I think that's, it drains me and fills me at the same time. And I think Luke did a sermon this other day. He's like, yeah, you're know what you're doing when you're when you at the end of it feel exhausted and exhilarated at the same time. That's the wheelhouse. I think that's where joy is. And I'm thankful oh. for all those opportunities. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> because people aren't going to remember sermons. They're not going to remember. You know, Ath- right? They're they're going to remember that. Uh, when they were at the end of their rope or when they had a tragedy in their, their life that um, they picked the phone up and called you, you answered and listened. And sometimes people's like, is it hard? I'm like, well, I mean, you have to have a, a hard for it and a, and a calling to do it, but sometimes it's just sitting there and sitting, sitting and shutting up. I mean, you don't, you don't have to have answers because we don't, we don't have all the answers and people that yeah. pretend to have all the answers. Yeah. You just need to be quiet. It, it is a, it's a privilege to be called to be a pastor, but honestly, just being, just to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to take that thing he's given you, like his word and his forgiveness and his peace, and then spread it. That's your purpose, right? You just spread what God's given you. you know, none of this, this, you get no credit. It's just God gives it to you and you start giving it away. And it just, there, that, that, that check will clear every time. There's no exhausting love and forgiveness and peace. And, and it's, it's a wonderful stream that just flows. And that's, I think that's when I'm feeling joy is like uh, when the, when it's flowing. Yeah. And that's, um, I don't know. And Bill, you've helped me along that, that path. I wouldn't be a pastor if it wasn't for you. You know that I've told you that well, before you, you yeah. were already going down that path and then you're like, yeah, let, let's do this thing. And I'm like, I hadn't really thought about it. It was earth shattering in 2012, 13 for me. And um, well, we did it, right? So God calls really jacked up guys like you and me to do stuff. <laughs> it was awesome to go because, you know, I mean, there's, when you're going through that, there's a couple gut checks and you're, I remember first class, it was like. I got shingles, baby. Sh- it was, it was <laughs> rocking my world. <laughs> yeah. But I remember a couple of classes, oh, like God. they start, they start teaching what a pastor is. And I'm like, am I really there? Is that really me? Are you sure, God? I don't, I don't know. You know, you start it's, listening to that voice bouncing around your head and it's easy to listen. Well, to I, I don't ever want to be that pastor who's whatever. Uh, I want to be a, a dude who can hopefully relate. And um, man, I, I tell you, it's so interesting. Some people when you say the word pastor, that just scares the crap out of them. Right. 
and other people they're like they gravitate towards it and there's everything in between what what mostly i want people is to um, i, I want to meet them where they're at right i don't want mm-hmm. i don't want to mm-hmm. like paul i just want to be like you know whatever 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 is necessary for me to connect and be open you know me i'm a ex, probably i'm a pretty big extrovert i don't really like have strangers everywhere I go, which is annoying to my wife and others, but um, it's, I don't know, it's just the way I am. And, and it's, my kids are like, I'll mention somebody they're like, they'll even quiz me. Are they a Christian or not? Because they know I'm going to know. And I'm like, I don't, that's probably a creepy thing, but I want to know that people are going to be saved, that they're going to, that they're going to be with me in heaven. I, I care that right. they have heard the gospel. I care that the spirit has this opportunity to work through words Cause I don't know another way. Cause that's happened to me. And so I don't, that's just the messed up way it is. I don't care if it's after a couple of beers or on a Sunday morning or my neighbor in the corner or in my online class or over the phone. I just, I just want to, I just want to be who God made me. I don't, that's all I can be. So that's one great thing. I do love uh, being a pastor of living faith. Those, those people, they, they're cool with me even if I'm all <laughs> I do stupid things or whatever, grace-filled, forgiving people. Luke's a great mentor for me. Uh, he lets me make mistakes and learn the hard way. And uh, he's gentle with me. And he knows I, yeah. So I, I'm very, very blessed to be there right now. So. Well, I think that makes, makes you a better pastor too, because when you put yourself up on a pedestal or the church puts you up on a pedestal and think that you, have like this direct link to God and you're, you're a little bit holier than they, you know, oh, they'll like, yeah. they'll ask you to say a prayer. And I'm like, you can pray the same prayer. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't have some, kind I got of, no more street cred than you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was made great at teaching that knocking off pedestals. He is, that is one great thing as a leader. He's, he's excellent at that. And, yeah. and, and the culture pervades the church because there's no pedestal building right there. And if there is, then we're going to knock that crap down. all right man well i'm gonna i'm gonna end it there because you know when two pastors start talking we could make a series out of this and you know thank you for inviting me bill hey you know um we're both uh this side of covid so we're in the 99.7 percent yes and uh i am donating my plasma incarnationally beer together exactly (laughs) when when it gets a little warmer and uh yes uh, we'll hit the bike trails and you know enjoy oh, that sounds fun outdoor weather and stuff like that so all right you, well, you thank you bill up. hey thanks for coming on and thanks for uh putting up with the questions and uh sharing your sharing your beer with me and uh uh and uh just being a great friend i love you brother right. love you brother take it easy you too Thank you for joining On Tap with Bill Clark. I'd like to thank my very good friend, Dan Petrock, who have been friends with for over two decades. We pray that uh, our conversation today blesses you and helps you give joy in this journey of life. Cheers. The rivers run, but soon run dry.